Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Rebecca, cue the cool in the gang. Oh, my God. It's Tuesday. It's not Friday. What is going on? That's right. Too much of a good thing is cocaine, but it's also Pivot twice a week. What stands between the tyranny of technology marching into the aisles of Dover and taking over Britain? A jungle cat. A journalist who wants to be the godmother of podcasting and an angry Scott. professor whose career has come totally Scott. off the fucking track. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. One plus one doesn't equal Scott. two. It doesn't equal three. Scott. It equals pivot. Oh pivot twice that a week. That is not Kara. exactly Back the theme you. song that I was envisioning for our first second show. Oh, how exciting is this? How exciting I is I cannot this? believe how excited I am right now. I can't even tell you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. This is like ground-up Cialis on a Chipotle burrito bowl in that we will enjoy, our listeners will enjoy it as they're consuming it. And then for the next 72 hours, blood will be rushing to a new organ in their brain. Oh, Scott, really? That's really how you want to play in this one. How about this? Isn't this great that our our listeners can hear us twice a week now because that's the way it is, that's and right. we, we appeal to their higher nature rather than their lower nature. But Two that's X. fine, Scott. That's fine, Scott. How was your Thanksgiving? You know, same thing, same as same as it is everywhere. Cracker Barrel and then a strip club. <laughs> Okay. All right. Anyway, and by listen, the way, I just listen, want to say, listen, you got huge blowback. Speaking of Thanksgiving, when people were eating turkey. They also get yeah. huge blowback for endorsing Bloomberg on CNN. Would you care to comment? That was a good segue. That was a good segue. Um, yeah, I got enormous feedback both online and I went on Michael Smirkanish, who I think is wonderful. No, Do you I know don't. Michael? I don't go on CNN. But go ahead, move along. He's this. He's like. He's like this rare species where they captured on film and say we thought it was extinct 2,000 years ago, but there's actually a lot of them in the forest. They're called mm-hmm, moderate. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love him. I think he's thoughtful and interesting. Anyways, I wrote that article urging Bloomberg to run, so he said, come on and talk right. about it. And I went in and kind of went through my dance around why I think a centrist is important and Mayor Bloomberg running what is would be the 12th largest economy in the world and that he right. was right we on talked about last most week. issues yes, important indeed. to most important difference. I got wild yeah. blowback. I mean, one of the wonderful, one of the many wonderful things about this uh, podcast and what we do is I hear yeah. from people and people were, were thoughtful to the point, we're really thoughtful, but generally they thought, okay, we don't need another billionaire. This is another yeah. example of crazy white billionaire yep. privilege that people are really bothered by the stop and frisk Yeah, that policy. was just me too. Um, that was just my feedback, that. but go ahead, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people are yeah. with you. Uh, and that, and that for him to kind of get in late in the race and use money to buy kind of, I won't say buy his way onto the stage because he's not going to be able to get on the debate stage. But I would say it was running kind of three or four to one negative to positive. And I can't figure out if it's a vocal minority or I have totally overestimated his potential for candidacy. I thought he would be much more welcomed no, into the race. Not if he had done it earlier because he's such a choker. Maybe if he had like done the little work, little spade work initially and not been such a such a coward not to get in early. He should have gotten in earlier. What, what was the problem with that? That was, he just, I think he probably looks at a poll and he doesn't like it. And then he changes his mind as billionaires are capricious. Whenever anyone get, is offered a job but uh, for with one, anytime I'm always like, think hard because it's a very, even if it's a very nice person, I think Bloomberg's quite 
interesting and people like working for him, but it's capricious. And so he should have done it from the very beginning and done the done the work and the spade work that mm. others did. And it just it, that's what it it drips up. And he should have addressed the stop and frisk thing a lot earlier, except I'm so sorry, because now it looks simply it doesn't look reflective. It looks politically expedient. And so what, you know, and I know you're saying yeah. people liked it. Like, you, you don't want to appeal to that. I'm sorry. It just, that's just not the, any way to govern. It's not any way to run for office. And I want Tia Leone to be our president as she is on the outgoing Madam Secretary now. I'm very excited about that. That's yeah. hard to argue with. And I, I just want to be clear. I don't, I don't think people liked stop and frisk. And I think it's obviously aged very poorly, but I think people, I think that one of the, one of the, this, this cohort in the middle, if you will, I, I think a little bit of I don't want to call it political incorrectness, but someone who's not who's not what I'll call, call full mm-hmm. woke w- appeals to that segment of the of the voting population that may be the key cohort in terms of who gets who stays or who gets into the White House. But anyways, I got a lot, yeah, I got a lot of pushback. How I was did your not endorse anybody. My Thanksgiving was excellent. It was on many pies and many Amanda Katz yeah. relatives. So uh, so it was quite it was it was quite something. It was quite a lot of people, big family. Meanwhile, my kids were in Japan, so it was good. I'll be seeing them soon. We'll do we're going to do Thanksgiving with my kids, too. Anyway, Scott, time for our big story breakdown on our second show of the week. Let's talk streaming wars and how different players fared on the first big holiday weekend. Did you, uh, why don't you give us your definition of streaming wars and, and the major players? And, and, and did you watch a lot this weekend? Yeah, I always watch a lot of TV because it was, it was the weekend, but you have, sure. A lot of people say, well, if you really want to talk about the streaming wars, you need to define also include broadcast right. television who have their own offerings and YouTube, but and I movies, would say and movie theaters and movie theaters. Yeah, that's right. But you have what well, you obviously you have the the Ten Ten Gorilla, you have Netflix, you have everyone from Comcast getting in, um, HBO Max, uh, Disney. I mean, they're all they're all lining up. It's it's um it's very strange. But you found some data on actual yes, movie going. going. And it, you know, it does, it's reflected in my own life. I thought about going to the movies about ten times. I didn't go once, which was really right. interesting because it was not just because I have a small baby, but it just was. It's inconvenient. The weather was cold, so there was a sixteen percent decline from last year in movie ticket sales this holiday weekend. And what was interesting is one of the movies I did want to see at the theater was The Irishman, which I then waited. Um, I waited to see uh, on Netflix. I did not like it, by the way. But Disney's yeah. Frozen did very well. Um, you know, it, this is Disney's first major movie since launching Disney+. Plus. Um, and I would have rather I didn't go see it. I was going to go see it because I like Frozen. and um, But I didn't. And I, I the, my movie going is, is, has declined so precipitously. And it's largely because of inc- it's sort of like the shopping thing. Um, it's, in, it's relatively inconvenient uh, compared to uh, you know, when it's easier to get other things. And I feel badly about this and at the same time movie theater has never done me any favors unless it's sort of like a landmark theater or something like that um, so one of the things with the Irishman um, it was only in select theaters for 26 days which major theater chains were furious about it did pretty poorly at the box office but it but it seems like a success on the platform and getting Oscar buzz Um you know they don't of course release their numbers the way the movie theaters um release but why even release movies to the theaters i just i just watch online and i, I watched it on the, on a large television but i just didn't i didn't like it that's a separate thing um, but it it just sort of changes behavior is changing rather rapidly yeah if, 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 i mean there's a couple of interesting things going on the first is in e-commerce is the right analogy if you go into a mall and you spun yourself around would you know that it's not 2005 
the innovation around in-store shopping. There's some people who've done interesting things, restoration hardware mm-hmm. or Sephora or even Tesla's dealerships are sort of interesting in the mall. Apple, even Apple, if you think about the stores, you probably wouldn't know it wasn't 2009. Whereas shopping online, the speeds have gotten faster. There's all different ways to pick up your stuff. You get it in five days, three days, 24 hours. Now in some cities, 48 minutes with Amazon now. The same thing has happened to movie viewing. And that is if you were to walk into a movie theater, you might not know it wasn't 2005. Whereas the home viewing experience in terms of what's offered up online that 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 programming or that platform's ability to predict predict what it is you want to want, watch next. You have 4K now, 8K TVs are wonderful. Content, content is and, great, and actually. The selection, unbelievable. I, I went through the Netflix Unbo- like trailer thing, and they they do it really well. You can watch them for two seconds and get a sense of what the shows are. What's great, I like picked from there, and I used mostly Netflix. I didn't use, I even though I did get Disney Plus, I didn't use uh, Disney Plus because it's not on um, the whatever system I had. Um, it wasn't on the Comcast system, I don't think, but it was. Uh, it was. It was just. It, it was. It's just interesting how you, you how easy it is. And you're right. The the, the experience is um, of getting up and going out is really different. But I think the issue is why don't we get the numbers for these things? I mean, do, will they ever release numbers? These companies? No, because I think the numbers uh, on an individual basis are actually pretty pretty thin. But all they care about is reporting. I mean, that's one thing that's happened across all of all of finance that I think is a bad thing is that it's gotten to the point where companies can make up. They invent their right. own metrics and whatever shows them in the best light. You know, it, it, when the markets were valuing companies purely on subscriber growth, they kind of ignored their profitability and said, this is how many subscribers we're adding. And then they had different terms for EBITDA. But yeah, I don't they don't have any incentive right now to release uh, to release uh, their numbers. Do you find you in terms of your home viewing patterns? What do you find yourself watching the most and least of? And what what is it at the cost? I, of? I just I I sort of graze. I graze. I was watching that four weddings and a, f- a funeral. One of the the uh, the new one by Mindy Kaling. I grazed around to watch a CBS, which I didn't want to buy, but I ended up watching it through Comcast, which was you know my Comcast Xfinity account. Um, I watched um, the. Um, uh, the Irishman, obviously, which took 14 years uh, because it was so long, uh, and uh, and some other things. Just, but I graze, I graze a lot, and I don't, I don't pick or choose one. And I guess it's sort of like owning, as I said, a lot of magazine subscriptions. Um, we're gonna move on this for a second, but what can get people in theaters? Do you think? Like, I'm gonna go see the new James Bond movie in theaters for sure. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I really like to see that movie in a big theater, and I don't even think the home experience is. Uh, is good enough in that regard. Well, just as the only the only time people so see we were talking about TV, the one thing that people don't talk enough about that is the common the common thread through all of this is the one thing they're watching is they're not watching commercials. Right. And if you look at all television, what it has in common is that as I've said for a long time, advertising has become the tax that the technologically illiterate and the poor yep. have to pay. And everybody else just watches ad-free TV now. The only move, the time people get off their butts and actually get excited to go into a movie, I think it's either for a kid's film because kids programming is so important to just kind of like get them doing right. something or get right. them off your back. And also these big budget $200, 300000000 million Marvel superhero yeah. films. Star Wars. But Star it, Wars the, yeah. the scary part, that's right. But the scary part around all of this is that I think one of the, one of the things that's tearing our nation apart 
you know, in addition to algorithms that, that put you in one pole or another run by, run by unethical people, I think there's a resegregation of our society. And that is through the 80s and the 90s, uh, there were a lot of efforts and my school was integrated with mm-hmm. busing. We, we did a good job of introducing different socioeconomic and different ethnic groups to each other. And I think it was a wonderful thing because my two best friends, one was a Mormon kid going to Stanford, and I thought, okay, he's smarter and harder working than me, but, but he's not that much smarter and harder working than me. Maybe I could go to a good school. And then my other friend, Ronnie Drake, was a black kid from Crenshaw whose only way to college was football. And it provided kind of those 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 different economic and ethnic ethnic groups gave me not only aspiration but it gave me empathy. And as a society, we're re- resegregating. And when I I generally believe people don't like to go to the mall or to the movies anymore because they're scared of each other and they for the most part just want to hang out in their own economic and in their own could ethnic be. classes that we are. You're right. Re- you're, I think that's a, that's a very, that's a really actually a very wise thing after your opening of Cialis and cocaine, you suddenly become <laughs> woke, but whatever, I'll take I'm it. Back on no, your good you're side. Not, you're I'm really back. Not, not in any way. Um, but let, listen, listen, speaking of that, speaking of woke, I'm going to move on to another topic, but I think. But wait, wait, I just want to, I want to stop there there. I want to ask you something. Quick and I'm, I need to get I'm to Jack Dorsey in Africa. I'm, I'm not, but when I go to the movie theater, I go to the mall. I don't, I think to myself, okay, unless I can go to IPIC, unless I can be around, you know, these general like massive movie theaters to me, and maybe it's because I'm old and I see all these young people, I think, okay, is this where I want to be? Am I becoming part of the problem? And then we pull our kids out of public school so they can be around people in their own economic weight class. I think it's really dangerous that we're kind of self-casting. Self-casting. All right. We'll use that term. Speaking of you, self-casting, I'm going to switch the topic, so we got to get to things. A tight, tight show. Right. You're rolling I'm rolling over, over you, but you're right. I keep, like that. Very wise. These are very wise thoughts. Uh, Jack Dorsey uh, says he's moving to Africa for part of 2020. He announced via tweet oh, he'd be moving to Condom for three to six months in 2020. He said Africa will define the future, especially the Bitcoin one. Uh, he was traveling around, and he met uh, Bitcoin owners in Ghana. Um, and, uh, it was sort of, it's sort of an interesting, I'm not sure. I, I sort of contacted the Twitter and uh, trying to understand this and also Square because he's CEO of two companies. Uh, what, any thoughts upon this? Well, sure. The, the problem isn't that Jack Dorsey's going to Africa. It's that he's going to come back. <laughs> um, this is, this is, so I got contacted by CNBC this morning and they said, what do you think of the corporate governance? of a CEO leaving and spending two or three months in a market that accounts for probably, I would have bet less than 1% of his revenue. I'm like, the only board that would tolerate yeah. this is a board that would you know tolerate a guy being CEOs of two companies. And what do you know? It's yeah. the same board. And this is, in my view, and I realize I sound like a scolding no, an old man here, but this is just, this is just fucking yeah. ridiculous. It is, you want to talk about the mother of all paid time mm-hmm. off? He's decided he wants to live in Africa for two to three months while Twitter continues to subterfuge our economy and be a real negative and a real flashpoint for our elections. He's decided I'm going to go I'm going to go roll in Africa for 12 weeks. And he, the guy, a CEO of two companies going into Africa, it is this is just so borderline ridiculous. And it continues this notion of this idolatry of innovators that the CEO of Ford Motor said, I'm going to go to Iceland for three months because the future is around you know, ecological Steam. tourism or sustainability yeah. or yeah, clean energy, right? 
the board of Ford would go, well, that's all fine and cute. And then the and then the the nominating committee would have a special committee and they'd start looking for a new CEO. It is ridiculous. And, and not, you know, it's going to you know, it's finally, I think, going to going to put a bullet in uh, Jack Dorsey's Twitter career is that Amazon over the last four years, Jack Dorsey re, kind of re- rejoined Twitter exactly four years ago. And in that time, I think Twitter stock was at 20 bucks when he joined. It's at like 30 now. It's flat. Amazon has tripled. Apple has doubled. Facebook has doubled. Google has doubled. So his tenure since kind of trying to pull a Steve Jobs, it just hasn't worked. And it's one thing to be CEO of two companies. It's one thing to be CEO of two companies and decide you want to go hang out with rhinos you know, well, he's, he wants to talk about technology. Weeks. I mean, they, 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 I think the implications, I think you're right. I think you're right on this. I think he should just quit and have another CEO if he wants to do that. But one of the, the concerns, yeah. one of the concerns is, is sort of the way the tech people visited the Midwest. It's sort of weird colonizing kind of thing. That said, there's a lot going on in Africa. There are these active tech hubs. Everything is, you know, it's it's a continent that is finally using tech to move forward. Uh, and it's it's actually a great place to invest from a lot of people I know um, who do that in investing. But you're right. He should do it as another job. He should do it as another job. That's a great idea. If he'd said, I'm worth $4 billion. This has been a great run. Thanks very much. Peace out. I'm, I'm starting a VC located in, you know, in Tanzania or wherever. That would be amazing. Africa is the future. You you, you can see it's going to come online. And not only that, I get a lot of pushback. I got a lot of push. I got so much pushback online this week mm-hmm. for using just the, the term Africa. Yeah, that there's is, someone accused there. me of being a racist yeah. by by yeah, yeah, grouping a continent that it's a group of individual and ind- individual cohorts and cultures and and so fair enough, you know, where wherever he decided to go in the African continent. Mm-hmm. But this is ridiculous. The this the the sea of Where the are we gonna send you, Twitter Scott? That's what I really Africa want to understand. <laughs> send where are you gonna go? <laughs> I'm ready. I was thinking Antarctica. Floripa, Florianopolis. I'll get you a uh, Canada goose coat like I bought this weekend. Speaking of which, I went to a mall to buy one. Um, but uh, but uh, it, it is, you're absolutely right. It's it's problematic. I'm trying to find out more, and I will try to report back uh, later this week. Um, so we're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be right back after this with more Pivot on our, on our first, second day, first day thing. All right. See you soon, Scott. Okay, welcome back to Pivot. Let's take some listener mail. This week's Pivot listener question comes from Renzo Santillan. He thinks it would be cool if you guys could talk about the tech companies that are disrupting the logistics industry. He's talking about Flexport, Next Trucking, Envoy, Happy Returns, and any other company that is disrupting this archaic industry. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks, Renzo. All right, I'm going on here, Scott. You know, I had a FedEx issue this week. Here we go. Here we go. I saw this. I saw this on Twitter. Oh uh, my God. Go ahead. They what suck. Happened, let me just say, Fred Smith, I, you know, I'm glad you're getting no taxes, but whatever. But let me just tell you, it was such a, a, a lesson. I had something delivered from Amazon and something delivered from FedEx, and I had made a change of it. I'm not going to go into it in detail, but I paid to have the address moved to where I was at Thanksgiving. I paid a lot of money to do that. And they didn't deliver it on time when they were supposed to. You know, when it absolutely positively has to be there overnight, well, they didn't do that. Right. And they promised it would be there a certain time. And then on the app, they said it was going to be there. And then it wasn't there. And then they suddenly changed the time without telling me or contacting me or anything else. This was very important papers. And and then trying to get through to them. I was on the phone for hours with FedEx arguing. I tweeted at them. 
you know, I had Bill Gurley tweet me saying I was trying to be famous. Help me. I wasn't trying to be, help me. I paid money. I would like to know what happened to it. I think I think Twitter has become a comment system. It was an astonishing display of, of like total disaster. Meanwhile, Amazon delivered something perfectly. And then I had to return that thing because it wasn't the right thing. And I already sent it off today. I did it all online, all on the app. It was so easy. And it was no questions. It was easy to understand. FedEx, they were literally like, if you want a refund, you have to go to our refund department. We can't stop it because it's in a container and we can't turn it around. You can't do it. It was like literally they're going to get killed by uh, by Amazon if Amazon decides just to go into the logistics business. Thank you very much. That is my rant. Scott? Okay. You're about to have your revenge because what? Amazon... Well, Amazon's going into this business, yes. and all you need to do is look at S1s. So under the investment section, for about 10 years, they talked about how much money they spent on fulfillment. And then a few years ago, they moved their verbiage and investment disclosures from the investment section and the CapEx section to the competition section. And that is they're now saying that FedEx and UPS are competitors. Yeah, and DHL. The same way they did with AWS. So they're about... They're about to go into this business in a big way. Uh, FedEx made the mistake of becoming a profitable company, returning profits to the company. The other, uh, the other big mistake that FedEx made, or I would argue, is it's similar to General Electric. Rather than focusing the CEO's attention on operations and innovation, he's been totally focused on tax avoidance. Yeah. And if you look at, I mean, it looks as if the Trump Tax Act to reduce corporate taxes from 35 to 21 percent was largely orchestrated by Fred Smith and FedEx under the auspices mm -hmm. that if you let companies hold on to their to more of their money, even despite the fact that it's going to increase the, the deficit by a trillion dollars a year, that you will unleash this massive amount of investment and in plant property, equipment, new jobs that will literally result in a nuclear-like explosion yeah, of pent-up demand and investment yeah. from from corporations. And this is what happened. Every company took that money and bought back stock. Or paid which their took the stock market or whatever. Up, yep. But took the stocks up, which has a ripple effect. It's good. They can they can do things with that stock, but 80% of the stock is owned by the top 10%. All this was was a chaser on income inequality. Even FedEx did exactly that. They yep. went out they yeah. didn't increase their capex. So this, and what we, what have we done here at the end of the day with this Fred Smith backed um, tax plan? Is we've said, all right, let's pull prosperity forward from our kids and grandkids in the form of exploding our national debt, so we can take stocks up, which largely benefit the wealthy. I mean, like every policy in America, like every corporate lobbyist, it does one thing: it takes money from every cohort in America and transfers it to the wealthiest cohort in history. Old people in America yeah. who own well, shares. Speaking and own of houses. old people in America, everything we Fred, do I'm is about trying to make those people. Richer. I agree. Speaking of uh, of someone who is an older entrepreneur, Fred Smith, who really did pioneer this area, is literally the app is terrible. Their customer service is terrible. Like literally, I felt like I was. I. I. I, I the, the contrast between them and Amazon. And by the way, UPS actually works pretty well comparatively. But the comp. This is such a wide open space to grab back from FedEx. Like I wouldn't. I would never use FedEx again. Like, astonishingly. Like, I really, like, the, the experience I had was so bad, and it was so non-innovative. Like, you could, they literally was back in 10 years ago. I could, I felt like I was with 10 years ago with them. So, let me just say, 
I know there's controversy about Amazon and delivery vans, and I I saw them all over, by the way, this week, weekend, everywhere, yeah. Amazon vans, Amazon branded vans. Um, they do, they if they need to work out their issues around all kinds of too speedy, everything else, but boy, their technology part of their equation is is flawless, like flawless. And what yeah. last thing I'll say is uh, Amanda, who hates Amazon, who I, <laughs> my girlfriend, is like, I can't stand that it works so well, but it's astonishing. Like, and it's, it's an astonishing because she's just for years tried to work, use local retailers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it's in, it, but in the logistics space, someone's got to dominate and it's certainly not going to be FedEx. Anyway, wins and fa- fails. Well, that that's failed to me, but wins and fails, sir. What, what are your wins and fails? Uh, so my win is, speaking of movies, uh, there's a wonderful new movie called Knives Out, starting Daniel Craig of James Bond fame. Oh, yes, I heard that was yeah, great. And, I, and it's nice. It's it, 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 The thing that struck me about it was kids can kids can watch it. It's not for young kids, but I took my nine and my 12-year-old boys. It's kind of a throwback to the Agatha Christie genre. Mm-hmm. It's cute. There's not a lot of violence. It's got some wonderful actors. I think Daniel Craig is an underappreciated actor. I, I think him. it's been... Uh, He's very, he's a solid actor. He really um, is. And he's really, he puts on a Southern accent here and he does it flawlessly. Ana de Armas, I think I got her name right, is just wonderful in it. Tony Collette, who's a, was oh, the star her. of my my favorite movie uh, in history, uh, The Sixth Sense is mm-hmm. in it. It's a, just a, it's just Jamie a wonderful movie. Jamie Lee Curtis movie, so. gave a great interview in she's the New in York it. Times. Yep. She was great. She's great. Uh, she's, right. she's fantastic. So you're doing a movie uh, so review. My, anyways, Thank my you, winner's Cisco Knives Out. All right. Okay. Uh, knives I, Out. I don't What's have, your win? I don't have any wins this week. I don't have any wins. I'm mad. I'm also What's mad your about. What's your fail? Okay, my fail this week. It's not exactly a fail, but Apple uh, changed, got a lot of heat for changing map lines to include Crimea in Russia. Russia annexed the Ukrainian territory in 20. 14 under a lot of controversy. Now Apple is reviewing how it deals with international borders on its maps. And so I think that everyone's got to think about this mapping thing because it's it's been controversial forever, the idea about maps, but right. these companies change them at, when they're operating in those areas. Now, to be fair, they're only showing them to Russian viewers, these maps. So they're letting, they're letting the lie perpetrate in Russia. Um, and so that's, I don't know what to say. They are following the laws of those areas, but at the same time, it's somewhat ridiculous. And then using other maps for other people. So I, I don't know what I would do. Again, this is another area where these big tech companies, uh, which have taken over mapping, that would essentially be Apple and Google and some others, uh, are really caught in these these bigger social issues. But I, I don't know what I would do. I don't know if it's a fail, but it's certainly a, oh, God, another big giant issue uh, for uh, for Apple and others and Facebook and others. So I would say that was my yeah, but it's like if they if if Apple's identified Senator, I think it's John Kennedy, the the senator oh, from Louisiana, him. as being a useful idiot, idiot and an agent of the KGB, that would be disappointing but accurate. Mm-hmm. And the way I see this is that that was a bit of a dig and a joke. The way I would see, uh, just in case anyone hasn't seen, Gen- Senator Kennedy is has now decided to basically propagate a lie that has been fueled by the Russian government that the Ukrainians meddled in our uh, election such that to conflate it and somehow create this false comparison between Ukrainian and Russian interference to to lessen the pressure on on the president's criminality. Agreed. Agreed. But, uh, but speaking of Senator Kennedy, that guy, that guy is a Russian plant or an asset. I don't know what he is or a, yeah, a useful exactly. idiot. 
Uh, he's not an idiot, by the way. I've heard from lots of people. He's quite clever. The, I more fail in that regard is 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 it's meet the press for letting him bringing him on the show when they and not being prepared for that lie to cut him off. Like that was the worst. Uh, everyone's like, oh, he tried. I thought Chuck. I thought, no, I thought Chuck Todd no. did go after him. I thought not, Chuck Todd got. He, no, because this guy had done it before. You do not let him repeat lies over and over again. And it doesn't matter how much you challenge him. You just don't. You cut off the mic in that cut case. I cut him off. I'm well, sorry. he is a U.S. senator. I don't, I don't know. care. If you want to see, I don't care. You're lying. If you want to see, you're a Russian want, plant. Sorry, no. no. <laughs> Come on. If you want to see interviews for dummies, did you see 60 Minutes last night with no. Susan? Wojcicki? Yes, I did. It was very nice to Susan. It was. She did oh her job. My God. She did her job. She did her job. She did her job. They, it, they were. <laughs> 60 Minutes was literally so played. I mean, of course, I said they threw out that. She had the garage, and she has yes. five kids. Yeah, they just got and they to asked. It. I, I thought at some point Leslie Stahl was going to say, "Can you show me how to use this microwave to heat up my soup?" Okay, it was literally not, like, "It wasn't good. okay." You know, Susan I did mean, her job. Susan did her job. That's all. No, they got played. I, Sixty Susan minutes and job. the nation. As always, got played uh, by the 1,100-person corporate communications department and the very likable Susan would just She's was, very likable. She is very likable. And she did her job. I'm not going to fault her for doing to doing that interview. I think she did a good job. All we, right, my fail. Tessie. Your fail quick because we got to get to predictions and get out of here. Yeah, I know. You're going to get a pedicure with Nancy Pelosi or something. So <laughs> my fear is uh, – is and there was a great article in the New York Times about this, but I think we're studying to the wrong test. I think we're talking about the wrong numbers, the Dow, unemployment, and and it, it, the New York Times had this incredible article uh, called "Deaths of Despair," and this plays into my favorite thing, mm-hmm. macabre topics. But for the first time in our history, our life expectancy is down uh, three years in yes, a row. Yes, I saw and that. No one ever talks mm-hmm. about that. Our life expectancy is now kind of rivals Cuba, and that's not and that's not a good thing. And people people blame or immediately think, well, people are dying sooner. And it's not that. People are living longer. It's just that there's more deaths, uh, unnatural deaths between the ages of 25 and 60 than ever before. Yeah. And they're largely Little alcohol, opioids, and also suicide, which yeah. is which is skyrocketed. And I wonder how much of it is we're going to find is a combination of uh, income inequality, incredible Frustration and anxiety because of, uh, for the first time in our nation's history, a 30-year-old is not doing as well as his parents. And what I've discovered, because I coach a lot of uh, young men, is that Mm -hmm. it's as hard on the parents as it is on the kids when the kids aren't doing well. And I think the shame, I think the shame people are feeling, I think the embarrassment and also not only the income inequality, but this kind of this gestalt we have in our society now where Everyone's convinced that because we're a meritocracy, because you're constantly having success thrown in your face, that if you aren't successful, if you aren't part of the Google Instagram economy, it's your fault. You fucked up. So I think there's just so much shame. There's so much frustration. There's so yeah. much inequality Agreed. that leads to that leads to these deaths of despair. And the yep. question I would ask if, at the next presidential debate is. Yeah. What are you going to do to About, stop, yeah. to reverse the life expectancy decline? There's Hope. You know, Hope. What's the point of all of this? A town yeah. called Hope. We don't have Anyway, that. so my, my loss Change. is, again, I think we continue to study to the wrong test. I think these deaths of despair and the amount of anxiety and pain and from loneliness, from shame, from economic anxiety is such a, such a failure of our society. It means that we as a society, it means... Whatever this is, this experiment is no longer working as well as it used to. Well, we don't or we talk should use, or enough. we should use those statistics. Be aware of them. A friend of mine was an artist, and she did. She put a heat 
uh, camera on the Golden Gate Bridge to show how many more suicides were happening than people thought there at the Golden Gate Bridge. It was an art installation. And she thought we should have a, a national suicide number so that people, rather than, a, uh, you know, any of the other numbers we use to decide what success is. I thought that was a really interesting, it was many, many years ago, it was interesting. But I think you're 100% right. I'm going to have to cut you off, unfortunately, and make you feel despairing. But uh, what is your prediction, your very quick prediction, of maybe spending this time of year to make us feel better? about our despairing lives. Where, where, what is your prediction this week, Scott Galloway? Uh, my prediction is Twitter goes below 25 bucks a share oh. and an activist steps in. Okay, all right. What activist is that? In That's right, they don't have dual stock, as I wrote about. That's right. They do That's not right, have Kira. dual stock. So that is that is a ripe... That you've is, got an, they've been you've around. Got, they've been around the basket before. I've, I've heard from lots of these people uh, a couple of years ago. You've got a media platform that's trading at a, a old media-like multiple. You've got a CEO who's the CEO of another company who's deciding to go hang out in Africa for three months. And you have a platform that has become a national iconic wow. means of communication and governing because we have a very strange president. This is just incredibly ripe for an oh, activist. So 2020, oh. 2020, look for a Dan Loeb, a Jana oh. Partners, look for an activist to come yeah. in. Loeb is perfect. And, uh, Loeb is very and, attuned and to take Twitter. a run at Twitter. Interesting. All right, Scott, that's a really good prediction. Oh my, you veer from being crazy to being so wise. It's really, you're like the wise men. You know what I mean? Like, Thanks. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> but in any case, um, it's time for us to go. We'll be back later this week to talk more about this for another episode. Also tweet at us at hashtag pivot podcast and email us at pivot at voxmedia.com. Scott, this has been an exciting time. Two times, Two a, times week. a week. Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> Come on. Twice a week. All right, read read the credits. Get us out of here, Scott. I don't have the credits in front of me. I'm totally at home in my studio. You read them. Was produced by Rebecca Sananes. Eric Anderson is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Rebecca Castro and Drew Burrows. Make sure you're subscribed to the show on Apple Podcasts. If you liked our show, please recommend it to a friend. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back this week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. (laughs) 